This morning we were looking with the younger people here at things surrounding the Lord Jesus. In the birth of the Lord Jesus, there's a wonderful, a, a, a wonderful consideration there, a wonderful study there of the Word of God, and that is concerning the ministry of angels. It's absolutely fascinating. You can see the ministry of angels in uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth's life. Concerning the birth of John. John the Baptist was six months older than the Lord Jesus. And Zacharias and Elizabeth, well, they were well on in years, well past the time of childbearing. And one day an angel appeared to Zacharias by the altar. And he says, your prayer's heard. And I think that's lovely. Because God was going to give them the desire of their heart. John the Baptist was sent forth for a reason. The reason why he was sent was to be the forerunner of the Lord Jesus. For one day down the road, he would present him and present us to him as he carried out his public ministry. He made that great statement at the age of 30 years of age. And he says, Behold the Lamb of God, which beareth away the sin of the world. We can see the ministry of angels in and around the life of Mary as we were reading and looking at this morning. And how the angel came and announced to Mary, well, you're going to be, you're going to be giving birth to a, a son. And Mary was troubled at the, 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 uh, these words that the angel had declared unto her, for she had many questions to ask, which she did. But he confirmed that it was an act of God an act of the Holy Ghost. And she submitted to the perfect will and plan of God. We can see the angel coming and speaking to Joseph at a later date because he was, he was worried. He thought his wife had been unfaithful, his wife-to-be. And rather than go through with the marriage that they intended, he was going to put her away privately, going to break off the engagement. But the angel came to him in the night, and the angel says to, to Joseph that evening, Fear not to take Mary thy, for thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And all this was being done here in Holy Scripture at this particular time because it was God's time. And it also was in fulfillment to that great passage of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, which the wee girl has already read tonight in that particular portion of the book of Matthew. It was a fulfillment of that prophecy. And you and I were here this morning and we looked at the fulfillment of that prophecy from the book of Isaiah. But not only did Isaiah give the prophecy concerning the birth of the Lord Jesus, but can I say this evening that Isaiah also prophesied concerning the death of the Lord Jesus. Because after all, that's why the Lord Jesus came. If we had only Christmas to celebrate, well, there'd be no salvation. The Lord Jesus was here for a purpose. 
There was a purpose and a plan for him being on this planet. And that purpose and plan for him being in this planet was to go and to pay the ultimate price for our redemption at the place called Calvary. And what I want to do this evening is just take up this wonderful event that is prophesied in Isaiah chapter 53. And I want to take a look at an occasion where Philip used it in order that he might present Christ in all its fullness to a man on his road back to Ethiopia. It's a fascinating passage of the Word of God. If there's ever a man who's motivated me more than Scripture, it is this man, Philip. I mind reading about him as a new convert, and I was really thrilled with this man. Now let us just pick up here in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 8 is where we are, and we're at the verse 26, because what we see here again is the ministry of angels. And I want you to follow this in your Bible. I want you to look at this. I want you to see what God's going to do. Because it's all of God. Get your eyes off the individuals on the stage. It's all of God. Now watch what takes place here. And it's absolutely amazing. You see, Philip at this point had been in a place called Samaria. And Philip was preaching the message of the gospel to those people, and there was a revival broke out in Samaria, and many were brought to a saving knowledge of the truth. And it was while he was engaged in the work of God in Samaria that the angel of the Lord came to him and spoke to him in order that he might redirect him in the pathway where God wanted him to be. Young people, be aware of the leading of the Lord. It's not man who points you in the direction. You've got to be aware of the leading of the Lord. Circumstances brought him into Samaria. But while he was in Samaria, the Lord made known his will to him. I want you to leave and I want you to go towards the south. Verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Now that was the information that the angel gave him. Nothing more. Just leave here, head towards the south, towards Gaza. He didn't tell him whom he was going to meet. He didn't explain to him what the mission field was that he was sending him to, what, what he was going to be doing. And what Philip done, you'll discover what Philip didn't do, he didn't question the will of God. Because God was taking him from a place of revival to a barren area. But nonetheless, whatever feelings he had, he knew he had to walk by faith, not by feelings. And his response to the leading of the Lord here can be seen in the next verse, 27. And Philip arose and went, no, without any hesitation whatsoever. And you can see in the life of Philip that he's a young man who has a desire to reach others with the Lord and the message of the gospel. But you and I have to ask the question this Sabbath evening, why is the Lord sending him towards the south? 
What is it that the Lord knows that Philip knows nothing about? And can I go a wee step further? What is it that the Lord knows and Philip knows nothing about? Neither does the Ethiopian know anything about it either. You see, old Jonah made a statement many years ago, and it was this, salvation is of the Lord. And the more you read the Word of God, and the more you look into your own salvation, you recognize this great truth. And I can see Philip saying his goodbyes to the company at Samaria. I can see people maybe trying to persuade him to stay. But Philip knows he must go because the Lord is calling him. The Lord is leading him to where he wants him to be. And he said his goodbye and he made that long journey. And as he made that journey, I don't know how long he spent. Was it one, two, three, four, five days? I don't know. But this I do know, God never sends anyone anywhere unless he has a purpose for that particular job he's sending them to. Now what happens here, again we get back to the word. I'm sticking with the word tonight. The Bible says that he arose and he went, and behold. When the word says behold, it just simply means sit up and take note. What are we to behold? Well, we're to behold a man of Ethiopia. We can see that he's a eunuch. We can see he's of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. We can see that he had the charge of all her treasure, and we can see that he had come to Jerusalem for to worship. So what you see there in that verse, well, there's lots there to learn about the character that's in front of you. We can see where he's from. We can see that he's a eunuch. We can see his occupation. He worked for the queen as her treasurer. We can see where he went to. He had went to Jerusalem. We can see why he went to Jerusalem for the worship. We can see now he's now left Jerusalem and he's now making his, his, his way back home to Ethiopia. But can I go a wee step further and say this? On his possession... He has something that he's going home with that he never came with. And what he's bringing home is the Word of God in his hand. Now when I say the Word of God, I don't mean the whole Bible that you have sitting on your lap this evening because it wasn't yet writ. Is that a butcher's way of saying it? Okay. But listen, he had enough on his lap in order to enlighten him of his great need of salvation. I don't know if he had the whole 66 books of the book of Isaiah, the 66 chapters. But what I do know is this. He had certainly one chapter particular on his possession, and that was chapter 53. And that chapter 53 is the prophecy concerning the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah spoke about his birth, and Isaiah spoke about his death. And here's this man, and he's heading for home, and he's reading, the Bible tells us here that he had been down to Jerusalem for the worship. We can see that he's a religious man. He, we can see that he was a, the queen's treasurer. We can see that he was a trustworthy man. 
But we can see here also in verse 28 that as he was returning and sitting in his chariot, he read Isaiah the prophet. He not only had the Bible in his hand, the portion of the Word of God, but he was reading it, and he was reading it audibly. I can see him starting at verse 1 and heading down to the end of the chapter. You and I have read part of that chapter tonight. In fact, we have read two verses especially that has been used as a means of speaking to this man's soul. Now watch this for a wee moment because it's absolutely amazing. As this man is going along, heading for home, returning, sitting in his chariot, reading the prophet Isaiah, as, as Philip's coming in the distance, now I don't know how far he's away from him, but he's in the distance. But this I do know, he's an eye shot of this boy in the chariot. And Philip is just now still unaware of why the Lord has sent him that road. He has only told him to go towards the south. But then we see God intervening again here on the journey. Because 29 says, verse 29, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Philip, go near and join thyself to that chariot. Now what God was doing was simply this. He was bringing these two men who come from different parts of the country, and he was bringing them together with the Word of God on his lap. You can see something important here, I think is very important, as I often preach in this passage of Scripture, if there's one wee word I would get you to underline, it's the word ran. For the Bible goes on to say here, when the Lord spoke to him in verse, 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 20, uh, verse 29, we can see again the response of Philip, no hesitation whatsoever. Philip ran hither, thither to him, as hard as he could go. And he ran as hard as he could go to the man in the chariot. And as he drew near to the man in the chariot, my Bible goes on to tell me here, in this particular verse of Scripture, that he heard him read the prophet Isaiah. He could listen to him read it. He heard him. In other words, what the man was doing with the Word of God sitting on his, on his lap, he was reading it audibly. And even Philip coming at a distance could hear him reading this prophecy of Isaiah concerning the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, God's Son. And as he came to the chariot and as he was listening to this man read this portion of Scripture, you'll notice that Philip opened up the conversation and this is what Philip said to him on this occasion as he drew near to him. And I want you to see this. He said this, Understandest thou what thou readest? Now, here's a religious man, a man who prayed, a man who read his Bible, a man who had been to a place of worship. You would think to say, oh, what a question to ask a man like that. But the problem that this man had was that he wasn't a Christian. He was certainly a religious man, a respectable man, an upright man, but he was never a believer. And this man was still in his sin. And maybe that's a picture of your life in the meeting tonight. You've come to Korean Free Presbyterian Church for years. You've grew up in the gospel as a child. You see, when I was growing up in the, as a child, I never heard the gospel. And maybe you've listened to it for years, but up until this very night, 
you have still to respond to the gospel call. You have still to come to Christ. And you're a, you're, 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 you're a day closer to a lost eternity. And when, the, when Philip asked them the question, do you understand what you're reading? Do you understand what you're reading? The man says to him, how can I accept some man should guide me? I tell you, how can I accept some man should guide me? I want to tell you something. That's why the Lord brought Philip to the eunuch. The Lord sent him because this man needed guidance. This man needed enlightenment. And Philip was the man whom God was going to use in order to enlighten him of his great need of a Savior. And when Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? He says, how can I except some man should guide me? And then he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. It's absolutely amazing. The man was ready to receive the child of God in order to give to him the explanation. Now, where were the reading? Well, this gets me to where we were reading tonight earlier in the Old Testament. Verse 32, the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shear, so opened he not his mouth in his humiliation. His judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. I want to tell you something, men and women, tonight, in this meeting. This is why Christ Jesus came into the world. He came to pay the ultimate price. John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb. Isaiah said, this is the lamb that's been led to the slaughter. And if you read, take time tonight, tonight before you go home and go to bed. Listen, if you take time to read Isaiah chapter 53, then go to Matthew's gospel chapter 27. And what you'll see is the fulfillment of what's taking place. of all the Lord had to go through, of his sufferings. And dear friend, this is a portion of Scripture. He was reading about a lamb and led to the slaughter. And then the eunuch, the eunuch answered Philip in verse 34. And as he's reading about this individual being led to the slaughter, listen, it shows to us how lack of understanding he had. It shows to us that he was blind. He couldn't understand the truth. For he answered, he answered, the eunuch answered Philip and said, Philip, I pray thee, of whom speakest the prophet this? Is he speaking of himself, Isaiah? Or is he speaking of some other man? You said to me, how is it this man couldn't understand? May was at the cross. May was reading about the Christ of an, and the crucifixion. How is it he couldn't understand? Here's the answer. The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine in unto them. And this man was in darkness. And this man was in danger of being lost for all eternity 
without God and without hope in the world. And here he is in his darkness, he's asking the question. He doesn't understand whom the prophet's speaking about, if it's himself or it's some other man. But I tell you this evening, Philip is absolutely sure who the prophet is speaking about. Because Philip has come and put his faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ himself. For Philip answers him in verse 35, and he begins to minister to him. And the Bible says then, Philip opened his mouth, and he began at the same scripture, and he preached unto him Jesus. He knew who the prophet spoke about. He explained to this man the way of salvation. I don't know how he went about it, but he, he started here and he took this passage of Scripture and he explained to this man his great need of a Savior. I'm sure he took that verse, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I'm sure he told him about the love of God. How God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I'm sure he told him that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. I'm sure he explained to him, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Religion can't save you. Living a good life can't save you. None but Christ can satisfy. None other name for me. There's love and life. Hallelujah. And lasting joy. Where's it found? Lord Jesus is found in thee. I tell you, are you glad you're saved tonight? I tell you, Philip knew the Lord personally. And he expounded the Lord personally. And as he preached the message of the gospel, that as many as receive him, to them give he the power to become the sons of God. May he come to the point where he give him a, an invite to the gospel. And as he preached the word of God, this man sat and he listened to the message of the gospel of saving grace through the person and work of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. But as he listened, God challenged his heart. And something took place in his heart that day that changed his life forever. Now watch this here. My time's near gone. Take a look at this here. Watch it. Verse 36. It says, and as they went. Verse 35. Philip opened his mouth. He began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? What a question. And Philip says to him, listen. You said to me, did Philip know of anything happening within this man's life just at this point as he preached the gospel? No, he didn't. Philip wasn't aware of what was going on in his heart. But I'll tell you this, there was a God in heaven who did. <laughs> because when he asked a question, 
as they went on their way, they came onto a certain water. And the eunuch says, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Philip answered him in verse 37. And he says, if thou believest with all thine heart. Now, if Paul would have known something that had taken place in his heart, he wouldn't have used the word if. So therefore, Paul did, or Philip didn't know. He was unaware. He was just preaching the gospel. But what happened in this man's heart was this. He came to a saving knowledge of the truth. He came to realize that he was one of the sheep that had went astray, which the Bible describes. All we like sheep have gone astray. Every one have turned to his own way. And dear friend, listen. We're lost sheep tonight if we've never been found. And I want to say this evening, you're in danger, dear friend. Listen, you're only one heartbeat away from a lost eternity. There was a young man went out onto a football field in England yesterday, and he went out, and in the midst of the, in the, midst of the match, he just dropped to the ground with a cardiac arrest. They were able to treat him. But little did he know when he went out what was going to take place. And you and I don't know what we're going to be tomorrow, where we're going to be tomorrow. Now listen. Philip didn't know, but the Lord knew. This man had heard the preaching of the gospel. He heard he needed to be saved. He heard he, that the Lord Jesus loved him and died for him. He was the one that was led as a lamb to the slaughter. You see, dear friend, this is the gospel. That's why Christ came. I just always fear Christmas a wee bit, you know. It's lovely to consider Christ coming into the world, but always remember he came for a purpose. And here he's fulfilling that purpose. And the man asked him, See, here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip says, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There was enlightenment. Was it Philip brought it about? No. <laughs> it was the Holy Ghost working through the preaching of the truth. Hallelujah. And his confession was this. Before he heard the message of the gospel, he asked the question, is the prophet speaking of himself or of some other man? After the preaching of the gospel and him crucified for the Redeemer, as a Redeemer of sinners, he came to a knowledge of the truth and he made that open confession, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that man on the road home to Ethiopia, was gloriously saved by the grace of God, was washed in the blood of the Lamb, was made a new creation in Christ Jesus. And tonight, this evening, or, he's in the glory with the Lord, which is far better. For this happened maybe 2,000 odd years ago. We better finish. When he made the confession, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, he commanded the chariot to stand still. 
and they went down, went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. I want to tell you, that's the third time. First time he told him to go towards the south. Second time he told him to go towards the chariot. Third time he took him out of the road completely. Why? Because the work of redemption was complete. And he never seen Philip again on this planet. Because salvation's got nothing to do with man. But my Bible tells me when they came up out of the waters of baptism, as the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip out of the road. Listen, my Bible tells me at the end of the verse 39, and he went on his way rejoicing. Rejoicing. Rejoicing in what? Rejoicing in he had been to the temple? No. But rejoicing in Christ. Rejoicing in God's salvation. Rejoicing that all was well with his soul. Hallelujah. And what a lovely thing it is this evening this Sabbath evening, to head to the porches. And if the Lord permits that I get there, to go into my home, to climb into my bed, to put my head on the pillow, and to know that I can say good night, Lord. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> and if it's not in time, it'll be in God's eternity. I've got to be honest with you tonight and with your soul, dear friend. If you die unsaved, unprepared, you're not going to heaven. You're going to hell. It's awful. It's awful. And dear friend, I want you to grip the truth of why Christ come to the earth in the first place. He did it because he loved you. And there when he hung between heaven and earth, and there in that middle tree was that mangled body, and there what he did in that cross at Calvary, listen, here's what he done. He who knew no sin became sin for us in order that we might be reconciled to God through the death of his cross. And tonight, there's a way back to God. From the dark paths of sin, there's a door. My, it's opened. Hallelujah. That all may go in. But it's at Calvary's cross is where you begin as you come as a sinner to Jesus. Will you come tonight? Will you come now? Will you come just as you are? With this I'm finished. Colin Emerson and myself were doing a mission up in our dress mission hall some years ago. We preach night about, that's the way we go. So we do missions about the country. 
And we were preaching this night, I think it was Colin was preaching on this occasion. But as he preached the message of the gospel, there was a big girl sitting down in the, in the pew. And we were going out the door, and the girl shook Colin by the hand, and she says, eh, I got saved tonight. And Colin kind of thought for a wee moment she wanted to get saved tonight. No, I got saved tonight. When? As I sat and listened to you preach the gospel. Just sitting there in the meeting. We preached. God saved her. (laughs) He can save you tonight. Don't muck about with your soul. Don't play about with your soul's eternity. You come to the Lord and trust him this evening. Young person, give your life to the Lord Jesus. Philip's sold out for the Lord, isn't he? Sold out. Lord, take my life. Let it be consecrated. Lord, to thee. May God speak to us all. Eh? It's only what's done for Jesus will last. After all, let's think of what Christ has done for us. Father in heaven, we thank thee this evening for the listening ear in the room, and we thank you for your word. Entrance of this word gives light and understanding. And we pray that thou wilt speak to hearts by your Spirit. Maybe there's someone in the meeting tonight and they know what it is to be under thy conviction. We pray that thou would give to them that deciding grace to come. Just as they are. We thank you when we're willing to come. You'll in no wise cast us out. Bless your word. Glorify your Son this evening. For Lord, we ask it in thy name and for thine eternal glory. And the people of God said, Amen.